Hey now, hey now, I gotta get my safe glasses on, my safety glasses. It's like in Big Daddy where the kid, Adam, the adopted kid, Adam Sandler is adopted kid, he doesn't feel safe unless he wears the sunglasses. That's how I feel doing a solo podcast in Fort Greene. Every Wednesday morning, not every Wednesday morning, every other Wednesday morning, this is a bi-weekly solo podcast. My name is David Phillips. This is the Coffee Schmooze Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'd like to start the show today by paying my respects to DMX. Rest in peace, DMX. Um, DMX really hit his stride of popularity from 1998 to 2003. That's when DMX went on his historic run. And at that age, I wasn't primed for hip-hop music just yet. Um, So I missed it. I missed it. I knew DMX's big hits, but I, I missed the albums. And upon news of his passing, I decided to listen to the first album. And that album got me through this past week. It's dark. The album's titled It's Dark and Hell is Hot. And that thing is a masterpiece. And um, it really got me through. It got me through. It was the energy in the air this past week. Last week. The energy in the air, it felt like every day, everybody I knew, and myself included, was swimming against the current. It was like a universe thing. It was in the stars. And DMX's It's Dark and Hell is Hot really carried me through. It is a powerful anthem. From his his popular songs, you'd think he's just, um, like, he, you wouldn't know that he also has, um, a very melodic side and he can do slower songs or groovier songs not just all pump up party songs which are great too um so i really enjoyed listening to that album and it just it got me through so that was kind of magical i mean even though it was sad in his passing his passing introduced me to this um beautiful album and then i was just been listening to the album so it's pretty good. Um, DMX's passing also reminded me of the philosophy that um, my two friends, Ben Mizell and Brenton Duvall, once told me in Los Angeles. They were they were saying like an artist ultimately is a vibe. It's a vibe. Like you, that's what an artist is. It's a vibe. At the end of the day, it's like they said like you know you could write material, you could write jokes. And then if Eddie Murphy does those jokes, it's Eddie Murphy. Those jokes are Eddie Murphy because it's a vibe. Woody Allen said the same thing about stand-up comedy. He said when you you begin stand-up comedy, the new comedian often gets too caught up in the, um, the material when really the most important part is your essence. And you have to show your essence. And so DMX's essence was so powerful. It connected to so many people. Like he he really personified 
the core of what it means to be an artist, which is just sharing your total full essence, your power. And um, it like really connected with people. And often his life, his life ex- also shows the, the great, the tragedy of many artists. It's like they're too wild to fit in society, but society loves the art that they make that can only be created from their wild nature. You don't get DMX the power and the in the power and the passion from DMX's music without DMX's lifestyle behind it, his criminal wild lifestyle. Um so that's the blessing and the curse that we all experience. Even the most powerful, even the gifted, even the ones on the, the that higher level they still have to deal with the blessing and the curse. He went through a lot of pain. And that pain gave us beautiful music. It's also been incredible to be in New York City at the passing of DMX. Just because everywhere you go, people are blasting DMX. It's like, I'm, I've never listened to more DMX in my life than this week. And it's just been amazing. You know, like... Get, like getting out of the train, I go to an open mic that's in Bushwick, and I have to walk through a black neighborhood. And walking through that every day, it's just been a soundtrack to DMX. It's just amazing. It is just um. It's just what like what a powerful man. What a what a powerful man. Like his life, you know. And he's honored. And then to to be able to bear witness in the cities from to walk around and hear the music everywhere on like some beautiful sunny days has just been it's ju- it's just been incredibly magical sad sad but i'm i'm looking at the experience and making it be- i'm romanticizing I'm romanticizing the experience. Of course, his death is sad, but I'm also trying to see the po- I'm I'm focusing on the positive because that's that's how you survive in this nightmare of a world. You know, you have to focus on the positive. Identify your purpose and then focus on the positive in addition to the negative. I had two friends who once told me these these little twins, little Jewish twins called the Weitzmans. And they told me, well, one of them told me, he was like, you know, we're, our brains are engineered to focus on the negative to survive. That's how we survive because we, we, we want to fix things. That helps our evolutionary process. But then you have to train your mind to also look at the positive to balance it out. So that's what I just was doing with the DMX thing. Um, I encountered some hate this week. I had to deal with a hater. I have a friend who, like, I vibe with well creatively. Like, he he helped me he helped me write a couple jokes about surfing that have been working at the mics I've been going to. So I wanted to write a full set on surfing. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna call my boy. I'm gonna call my boy because, like, then we can vibe. And sometimes I find it to be easier for me to write jokes when I'm bouncing them off someone as opposed to a solo experience, you know? It feels more of like a musical energy exchange. Granted, I'm a novice, but this is this is just my experience. I'm just being vulnerable. So I hit him up and he I said, Hey man, you wanna you wanna vibe on some jokes? And he responds, Let let's do a podcast. And I was like, I don't want to do a podcast. 
I don't want, I'm, I didn't hit you up to be in a business venture. I hit you up to see if you wanted to fuck around and write some jokes because he's not doing anything creative with his life. He's selling like security systems for small companies, you know, and this guy, this guy is super creative, super intelligent, really has the power to do anything he wants, but you know, that's a scary thing. So he's a little bit of a runner. You know, but he knows this. Nothing I'm saying I haven't said to his face. He knows this. In this gripe, I've also said to his face. And he would be honored that I was discussing this. So I'm not committing anything. But anyways, I said, I I have a podcast. You should listen to it. It's pretty good. And he goes, okay. So... Then later we schedule our phone call. Then we I get on the phone and I'm like, hey, man. He's like, I listen to your podcast. And I go, what you think? And he goes, honestly, I didn't, I didn't think it was that good. And I think you, it would be much better if you had someone like me on there. And I was like, you motherfucker. That is so manipulative. Because you just told me you wanted to do a podcast with me. And then when I asked you to listen to my podcast, you said, eh, I think it would benefit from a guy like me. How could I listen to your criticism when it's so full of bias? He didn't like the podcast for what it is. He wanted to change the podcast format. He wanted to make his idea of a podcast. I told him that. I said, you just want, you just want to make your idea of a podcast. And he's like, he said, yeah, you know, I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up. I, I'm screwed up. I can't enjoy things how they are. I just have to, I, whenever I listen to something or experience something, I have to criticize something and try to make it better. And I was like, you know what? On the one hand, I really appreciate him speaking his truth. But on the other hand, it just felt like, it just felt like manipulative. It felt like love and hate at the same time. You know what I'm saying? It just felt like he wanted to uh, get his way, which is start the podcast with me. And this goes to my bigger point. If you're going to offer criticism, you have to offer a couple positives before that. You know, you can't just say negative things about someone's art, especially when they're on the baby level and they're your friend. Because... Doing this shit requires you to be so vulnerable. You have to just open yourself up and like literally expose your own. You have to expose yourself and it puts you in such a vulnerable situation. And so to just be like, you know what? I didn't think it was good at all, but I think it could be better if you had someone like me pushing it. I just was like, bro, that's not that's not very nice. It just wasn't, it felt vice. It was an underneath thing that felt, that felt hurtful. But, um, you know, and then we bullshitted on the phone for 40 minutes and, uh, came up, came up with some good jokes actually. And then at the end, I was like, all right, after 40 minutes, I was like, all right, I gotta go. I'm done. We've talked enough. I'm done. And he's like, oh, what? You just like milk me for my jokes and then you leave. And I was like, bro, 
you're not doing anything creative in your life. This, I, it's not like you just did me this big favor, okay? I did you a big favor. I gave you a space to be your creative self. Who else is doing that in your life, you know? Who else is doing that in your life? It's not like you just worked for me. It was, I gave you that, and then you can go back to selling security systems. You know, there's like, there's that thing. So, so male friendships are difficult, is basically what I'm saying. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. And creative people, it's not easy. None of it's easy. None of it's easy. It's tricky. It's tricky because people have feelings. It's tricky because people have feelings. That's a good... It's tricky because people have feelings. So that's that's what went down with him. But I had a very positive experience with another male friend. I have a, fr- a friend who I've known since I was probably eight years old. You know, he since I was eight years old, and he was visiting New York City, and uh, you know, I was he hit me up, and um, he would he he bought one of my paintings. He liked the painting and bought it, and then he said, "You know what? I'm coming to New York City, and uh, I'm gonna come by and pick it up." I said, "Fine, that's great." And at first I was very I was very nervous about hanging out with this fine gentleman. And I was exploring why I was so nervous about hanging out with him. And I realized it's just so vulnerable. Because with people you just meet like with people you just meet, you they only they don't have that much information, so you have like a wall up. You know, you have protect him, you have a shield. But with people who've known you forever, it feels like when you see them, you're showing them everything. I just think that's like why family reunions are so difficult. Because at least that's the way I feel when I go see my extended family. I see, I feel like I'm there, but I'm showing them. Like they see everything. They see because they know the whole journey. They have the all the information. There's nothing to hide. So you go and you feel very exposed and um and that's an intense feeling there's a lot of intense feelings that come out of that like feelings of shame and embarrassment why we feel shame and embarrassment i do not know i'm not um i'm not a shrink but it seems like all humans are gifted with that wonderful thing um so i was afraid i was afraid i was afraid to hang out with this guy because i didn't want to I didn't want to I didn't want to be so exposed. I didn't want to be so vulnerable. You know, it's like it's like in this time where everything feels so out of control in the external world, I wanted to feel in control of my internal world. Um, but you know what? He came over and we had a great time. It was a great sesh. It was great to hang out and it was like beautiful to see where he's at in his journey and I felt good about where I'm at in my journey. And, you know, it just goes to show that sometimes you got to push, push through the fear. It's very simple, very simple, very rudimentary lesson, but it was nice. It was a good, it was a good hang. 
It was a good hang. And so that was that was nice. It was it was replenishing because every once in a while it's nice to have a good hang. You know, it's it's just a just a a nice chill. You know. As adults we do that less and less, but it was nice to have a nice chill. This week I've been uh I've been um hitting the open mic grind. I've been hitting the open mic grind and it is just such a beautiful experience. It is just so magical. It's just so magical that there's just like all these all these artists out there who who all these brave artists, people who are willing to just go up there and expose themselves to telling jokes to silence. You know, and everyone's sharing these like very unique perspectives on the world. Like you, you, you get to, you get to encounter all these unique ways of thinking, and then you get to see people building a craft and getting better, and you get to learn the craft of telling jokes on how to write them, and the different structures of it. And you're out at night, and so you're seeing New York City pass by, and every mic is in a different part of New York City, and some of the, you know. It's. I'm really liking this one mic, which is in the Lower East Side. The Lower East Side's like this dirty punk rock area right by Chinatown, where it's like, but it's like just a, the dirtiest people, just dirty people, dirty punk people, and then models, models, you know, just like cocaine models, cocaine dudes, and then just punk rockers, Gen Z skater kids. The mic is out on the street, and um, there's just some really thoughtful comedians there and so it's like it's like at night after i work during the day after i work during the day at night i get to go to comedy school and it's just not it's just so interesting to just be out there and in it just feeling the energy feeling the energy and uh i really believe surfing all my time spent surfing and water polo all my time in the water has really helped it's just it feels very similar to me. It feels if it's like people are always like, How David, how you doing? How you doing when you're not surfing? And the answer really is that I um it's hard, no doubt, but I feel like when I'm moving through the city and then I go to an open mic, it feels like I'm in a surf lineup. There's just this pulsing. And I can't explain it, but it's just this energy thing. It feels like it's pulsing. And then of course of course, you know, I you know, I love the learning and the growing on becoming a better joke writer. Humi- humbling yourself to the craft of joke writing's been nice, but then also just the therapeutic effect of how for some reason when I go up and tell jokes and I do well, the performing gets you so high, but it also has this therapeutic effect of it. It opens up my heart space. And so that's um so that's nice. So it's been a fun thing to do. It's been it's just like this crazy world. It's a nice adrenaline rush and you know at the end of the day I am an adrenaline junkie. But it's nice to do it's nice to focus that on this on a positive on a positive creative outlet where I feel like even in the smallest capacity I am by by sharing your point of view in a microphone you are contributing who no matter who you are you are contributing to the ecosystem 
of comedy and the arts and thus you are a contributor and thus you have some value and um so it doesn't feel like i'm just taking well as in surfing you can surf a lot but then you need to give back in different ways because really you're just taking and if you just keep taking 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 and don't give back you're um you're creating an imbalance um within yourself and then you'll get punished by the by the universe that's just been my observation from being a surfer for seven years it's like if you're just surfing and you're not giving back you're gonna live a sour dark life because you're taking too much you're taking from the universe but you're not giving back so that's that was my morning that this was the coffee schmooze it was it was philosophical it was it was ranty um not much has happened in the past two weeks but this is so i tried to talk about what did happen uh thank you